Let's do this now. So, and everyone who's watching it right now, thank you for coming to join us on this important conversation and others who will be watching it later on. Uh, hopefully you'll hear something that will you know, help you out with your own mental health struggles if you are having any. Um, but yeah, it's been a little over a year since I've done one of these, so I'm a little bit rusty, so bear with me. Um, but. Anyone who's new, I am Julian, or you can see my name right there. I am Fositude, my little nickname I gave myself. And uh, and would you like to introduce yourself as well? Sure. Uh, my full name is actually Chantal, but I always get everyone to just call me Shanti. I go by Shanti. I also go by Selena Kyle 29 on Twitter and on Instagram. And on my personal YouTube account, I go by General Shinobi, which was a name given to me by the Red 5 Network, which is what I am a part of. Hmm. Uh, that's a... General Shelby, that's a, a an interesting name. I've never heard anything like that before. It's a play on my name. I thought that was really cute, so I well, kept it. That <laughs> is cute. Uh, but yeah, uh, we are here to discuss uh, mental health and mental health awareness, and share some stories and experiences, and hopefully get a good conversation and dialogue going on the subject. Because I've, uh, at least from my own experiences, since I was officially diagnosed with it actually exactly 10 years ago this summer when I had my diagnosis of anxiety, depression, and panic disorder mm -hmm. uh, that I've been, I guess you could say I made it my life's mission to bring more awareness and education when it comes to mental health. Cause you know, I feel like, you know, like what we were talking about before we went live out, some, like, some people have this idea of what they think mental illness is. And a lot of it does have to do with like, like certain like entertainment, you know, platforms that have depicted it a certain way for so long that people just have this idea of what they think it is without actually knowing what it really is. True. So. And thank you. I, I really do appreciate this. As someone who suffers themselves, as we were saying in the green room, you know, I, I, I want to break that stigma. Yeah, I've, I've been wanting to do this. I actually even made a charity t-shirt that had said break the stigma on oh, it a nice. couple of years ago. That's great. Yeah. It was on uh, Ink to the People. It's not available now, but I've been thinking of bringing it back. So. You should. You really should. Yeah. Actually, it was, I was going to wear it, but then I thought, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm already wearing this, you know, platform nine and three quarters shirt. Don't want to have to change nice. it out right now. Nice. <laughs> I'm a Harry Potter fan, too. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So, share, um, share your stories and experiences if yeah. you'd like to. So, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure I suffered for, from, um, I suffer from, uh, depression and uh, general anxiety as well. Um, I do have panic, uh, panic attacks. Um, it's been a while since I've had one, thank God, but um, I have had them. They are scary. There's nothing worse than going from a 73 <laughs> beats per minute heart rate to 215 in a matter of 60 seconds. Oh, yeah. It literally does feel like you're having a heart attack. It's come with a lot of phobias. I sometimes wonder how I leave the house and haven't become agoraphobic. I also suffer from, um, a mild case of OCD uh, as well. So it's, I would say my life is not easy, but I have learned to cope with it. I certainly am not one to uh, be shy about talking about the fact that you know, I've, I've been to therapy. I, you know, I haven't been able to go in a while because I was without a job for a few, these last few months, but 
I will be starting up again because I do think it helps a, a lot. So uh, it's taken me a long time. I'm 35, going on 36 at the end of this month. Um, I'll be I'll be 36 in December. Oh, hey, there you go. That's <laughs> funny. Um, like I said, I probably have been suffering from this for a lot longer than I realized, probably since I was maybe about 10, 9 or 10 years old. And uh, school bullies didn't help either, believe me. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, I like definitely the, dealt with that. Yeah, like the more I've, you know, like I guess like examined myself and my own behaviors and like speaking with my brother about it a lot too, because he's very observant about a lot of things when it comes to that for me, especially. Mm -hmm. uh, like I've, you know, I'm starting to think like I might have been suffering from these much longer than I might realize. And yeah. I would think back to like certain things from when I was much younger and when I was still living in, in New York that like remembering like certain moments or scenarios that I was in that might have been right. triggered by that. But I'm, mm -hmm. you know, but I'm still exploring and learning all that stuff. Like, like I haven't seen a therapist in a long time either because like at the time, yeah, I wasn't working. I was in school right. uh, to because I was uh, taking classes for uh, medical assisting and then mm -hmm. took some more classes for billing and coding after that. Nice. And so I wasn't able to you know, really afford being able to see a therapist at the time and trying to get back into that now because I you know, just had insurance that kicked in uh, about a week ago. So I'm trying to get back on track for a lot of that stuff now. Yeah, I'm waiting for my insurance card to come in too. So I literally just started my new job last week. So yeah, we're we're kind of in the same boat. But oh, if you don't mind me asking, what what is it that you're doing now? So, um, I mean, this job is still within the same industry, but um, I've been working in the mortgage industry for almost about the past uh, thirteen years because um, I can't count this break that I was just on. Um, I had started actually as a bankruptcy paralegal. And uh, then I kind of worked in my way into what's called mortgage servicing. So just kind of making sure that, you know, people are making their payments on time and do you have the right coverage on your house for taxes and insurance like that kind of hmm. it's riveting stuff. <laughs> but um, you know uh -huh. what? It pays the bills. And honestly, it's been one of the greatest um, educations that I've ever received that I didn't have to pay for. And um, I wish that this was something that was actually taught, you know, in high school because, You'd be surprised some of the things that I've seen and how crazy it is that people don't know what's going on with their own mortgage, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, but, um, but yeah, that, that is, that is what I do for a living. So. Um, I'm sure it's actually a lot of, and I know you kind of downplayed it a little bit. I'm sure it's actually pretty, pretty exciting field. If it's actually very interesting to, to tell you the truth, especially reading <laughs> the complaints. <laughs> Those are always fun. I love uh, watching people unload, but you know, it's the way it goes. It's always going to be a customer service type of job. Yeah, yeah. I've I would say most of my working life has been a, a version of customer service in one yeah. way or another. Like whether it's a retail or a couple of call center jobs that I've had before, yeah. or even I guess even working in the medical field, you can kind of consider it customer service because you're servicing yeah. the patients and their needs. It's a hospitality. So, so. yeah. And like, have you had it like, like, you know, in your jobs, you know, whatever jobs might have been like anything with your um, depression and anxiety that might have, you know, oh, maybe well, interfered or influenced anything that might have happened? Yes. Um, 
the last job that I was at, I was actually there for um, a good solid seven years. It was you know, the longest job that I've actually had ever held because before that, um, whatever, I did the bankruptcy stuff. And then before that, I did retail. And I was actually grateful for the retail because I was actually was a very shy person, very socially awkward. I, I never knew how to start conversations. I mean, even the therapist that I've had for the last eight years when we first met, we literally sat in silence and I told her, I'm so sorry, but I'm the kind of person that unless you ask me questions, we'll sit here in silence for the entire session. I am that, I'm the same way. Yeah, that's just the way I am. I'm a very observant person. Um, because of my anxiety, it's it's kind of made me, unfortunately, a little wary of people. So because of that, I'm very observant and um, I just don't want to let any anybody in. And a lot of that is because I don't want to feel like... I'm going to be taking advantage of because of my mental illness kind of thing, you know, because people will do that. But, you know, working retail helped me because I had to work with the general public. So that helped. Um, and then the jobs after that, I kept it very hush hush. Um, I didn't really tell anybody at work. I was always afraid of what the reaction would be, how, how I would get treated. I actually even worried, you know, would they see me as somebody that, really shouldn't even be worried like I literally would fear like if someone found out at work would I get actually fired over it and as time has gone on um there has been maybe not a widespread acceptance but my last job actually was very very good about work-life balance they were very good about listen if you need to take medical leave take medical leave. I mean, we had VPs, we had vice presidents, assistant vice presidents that would go on medical leave because, you know, they just, the stress of the job sometimes was just a little too much. So I was very grateful for that. Um, I was lucky that all of my managers that I had at my last job were very understanding as well. The, my first manager that I had, she even told me, she's like, look, if you need to take an extra break or you feel like you're about to spin out of control, let me know. You can go take a walk, or if you want, I can go with you. I mean, she actually once actually took a walk with me, and she actually built me up because I never had any intention of moving up the corporate ladder. And she actually built up my confidence and was very good about not necessarily saying get over it, which I can't stand when people tell us. Oh, yeah. Like, I, oh, I, please I don't tell us that. to get over it. Don't tell us to calm down. Don't you think we want to? We literally yeah. cannot. Yeah, they, they think it's just like a simple light switch that you can just turn it on and off, yeah. I wish I could, but I can't. And she was really good about that. And believe it or not, my next manager after her happened to be her sister. Mm -hmm. And she was the exact same way, building me up, building me up. And before you knew it, before right before I left, I ended up being a team lead on another team, you know? So they really helped me and... Another thing that really helped me, which I'm sure people will find strange, I'm still friends with my ex-husband. Hmm. And one of the things that he told me while we were married, which I actually always carry with me in my mind, is your mental illness is only a fraction of you. It's only a small part of you. It is not the whole you. And that's how I used to feel He's like, you know, you're not walking around with a name tag that says, hello, my name is anxiety, depression. No, you are Chantel, you know, like you have other things. And that's why I want to break the stigma. Yes, there's various levels. I understand that. 
yes, there's people who are schizophrenic and, you know, bipolar disorder is definitely one of the worst that you can have. And uh, there's borderline personality. I mean, there's so many disorders out there that are so much worse than just generalized anxiety. But it's true. I love the same things that I'm sure you love, too, that the general public loves. You know, you like Harry Potter. I love Harry Potter. I love going to the movies. I love hanging out with my friends. I love going out to a restaurant and having a nice meal. Like, my mental illness has nothing to do with those things. We are not crazy. It's just we deal with a little bit more than what the average person does. Right. Yeah, that's a lot of what I'm what I'm trying to bring. Like, where I say, like, I'm trying to bring awareness and, I guess, proper education would be the right way to phrase it. Because... Mm-hmm. I feel like even certain, even some like medical professionals that may, maybe they don't work in the mental health right. section of it, then maybe they even they have a hard time understanding it. And yeah. sorry if I'm you know kind of stuttering and stammering no, a little no, bit. You know, just no, um, you know, my anxiety tends to go up and down <laughs> a lot of times when I do stuff like this. Listen, I've been so, doing this since last year. Okay, I've only been doing this for like a year and a half, and I still get very nervous before I do streams and podcasts. I'm, I'm faking it right now. So. Don't, please don't worry. I mean, I've, I've had this channel for about four, five years now, and I still you know, get the anxiety every time I'm about to record something or do go live. So I just premiered my own stream last Saturday, and you can ask my guest. I was a wreck. A re- I was shaking. My heart was... Th- I surprised people couldn't hear it through the microphone. So believe me when I tell you, I totally understand. Like, this is not easy for us, but I also think that this helps us as well. Yeah. And my, my brother actually says a lot of that, that a lot of times also, especially with the job that I'm working currently, uh, because I've been working while I was living in North, North Carolina up until May of last year. I was working at a hospital up there and I was doing pretty well and then moved down here to Florida and worked at two different clinics. And But the last clinic that I was in, I had a lot of struggles with my anxiety because I was having to relearn a lot of new stuff um, with it. And I had a hard time being able to keep up and really, I guess, keep up to the pace that they were needing for mm-hmm. that job. So they did let me go. And there was a few months where I was without a job. And then I eventually you know, got the job that I have now where I'm working in retail again. And, but it's actually been very helpful for my mental health. And, also, it's con- convenient location. I'm just a 15 minute walk from where I live, so that helps a lot as well. Um, yeah, I, I gotta say, it, um, it was difficult at times being at work and being 13 miles away from my house and not being able. Like, there were many times where I literally had to just retreat to my car, you know. So, as much as maybe it may not necessarily help, I. I'm very grateful that things have changed. Not that the pandemic was a good thing, but I'm glad that it's kind of changed the workforce. And I'm very, very grateful that I am actually able to work from home because that has, that actually does lessen my anxiety a lot. I mean, and of course there's pros and cons to everything. I worry that by working at home too much, I will forget how to deal with people again, face to face, but There's so much communication going on over the phone that, you know, and through webcams and stuff now. So it it really hasn't been a problem. But this has been, this has been great, you know, working from home. Yeah. Because if I freak out, I'm home at least. Right. 
Yeah, I don't know if I would be able to handle doing a work at home job. Really? Just, oh, just because just because of my my anxiety, especially like even just talking on the phone with most people, like even sometimes to an extent with family, I kind of get a little I anxious about it too. But hate the phone. Oh, yeah. I mean, like yeah, again, like because my brother he and I you talk about it a lot um, since I've moved down here. Because he's actually the, the one that actually helped me move down here, so he's been very helpful for the past. Actually, yeah, I think ne next Wednesday or this coming Wednesday will be exactly one year since I've lived here. Wow. So, yeah, and this one is actually yeah, July thirteenth. It's oh, a, it's, it's that's a coming up. Yeah, it's a significant date for me for two Good. reasons. Uh, one was you know that's when I moved down here a year ago, and then in twenty eighteen, so yeah, four years ago. Um, that was when uh, my ex-wife actually she left me. So oh, yeah, and only a handful of people know that you know that's you know when she did. But the reason half the reason it actually stuck out with me is because yeah, you know, it was July thirteenth, but it was a Friday, so Friday the thirteenth oh. is the day that she left. Me. <laughs> oh no! So, oh no! So that, oh, so that no. just kind of resonates with me with on oh, such no. a hilariously ironic level for me. Yes, I can understand that for sure. And I want to backtrack to something that you said because I think it's very important. It sounds like your brother is very understanding and very supportive. And I got to tell you, aside from your friends, your family too, it's so important for people like you and I to have that support. Yes, you can go to a doctor and talk to a therapist. Yes, you can go to a psychiatrist and get the meds too if you so need it, you know. But the really the biggest thing that we, or at least for me, I don't want to speak for you, but at least for me, the biggest thing is knowing that my friends understand, my parents understand, you know, and that they are here to support me along with my, my sister. You know what I mean? And right. and they do. They all they all do. You know, my parents definitely support me. They have never tried to get me to not go to therapy. They used to tell me all the time, listen, if it works for you, great. Do it. Do it as much as you need it. Do it as little as you need it. You know, whatever it is that you need to do to make yourself mentally healthy, do it. And I won't, I won't lie. I, I do. I take medication, you know, and I will never, yeah, I wish I didn't have to take it. I do you know, like I'm sure anybody else, but at the same point, I will never tell somebody, no, don't take meds. Look, if you think you need it, you need it. Take it. If you think they're just the therapy works, by all means, just do the therapy. Yeah. And, and that's why I, I try to tell other people like that. Sometimes just talking and being heard can make a big difference for, for somebody. It's different. You know, some prefer to be medicated and that's fine. I mean, I haven't taken any medications for, in a very long time for I mean, one, because I haven't been able to see a therapist and also because just not being able to afford it. Right. Um, and to an extent, I feel like I've been able to manage without it. But, I, you know, especially lately, like I mentioned with my last job that I struggled about a lot with my anxiety. So I might, um, if once I get to see another therapist with the referral that I just got from my other doctor mm -hmm. a couple months ago. So... I'll see if I might need medications or maybe seeing exploring another avenue with that so that I'd, I'd be able to manage my, right. you know, myself a little better. Mm -hmm. And also I actually want to highlight this uh, comment that's uh, someone left just now. My friend, uh, Kristen. Oh, thank yeah. you, Kristen. Uh, anxiety, depression, and uh, yeah, pain in the ass. Sure, and knowing what people don't understand and say to get over it. Yeah. So true. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, like yeah, we were just saying a little while ago that we hate when people say to get over it. Because mm. that's especially when someone is especially anxious in a situation, mm. you need to tell them, or like, you know, I'll, I'll even like use like an example of, you know, how my mother passed away last year. And, you know, and I went through such a hard grieving process. I mean, I'm still grieving to an extent, but of course, those first few months, I struggled so much. And even though nobody said it to me, I was just, I guess, in the back of my head, just waiting for that one person to just say to get over it or, or move on just uh, just so that I can just let it all out on them. And I was going to say, people don't understand that when you do say that, it just makes us want to explode twice as much. And that's not good because the last thing I need to do while I'm panicking is to also lose my temper at the same time. You know, and I understand you're not in my shoes. You don't know what it feels like, but there is this thing called empathy. And I feel like we have lost that quite a bit. And I don't want to say this like I'm happy about it. So I hope no one takes this comment um, wrong. But it was interesting for me to see how people were reacting to the pandemic, especially that first year that we were all on lockdown and being trapped in your house and this and that. And I was thinking to myself, for those of you who have never suffered from anxiety, who have never suffered from depression, this is what it feels like being trapped like that, essentially in your own mind, in your own body. So as much as it was kind of like, you see what we're going through kind of thing. I also don't want to say that I got any pleasure out of it, but it was more of now I hope you understand what it is like to be in our shoes. For me, right. the pandemic was kind of a breeze. I was like, oh, I was made for this because I'm a homebody. You know, like I said, I'm a little socially awkward. So for me, it was like, oh, I don't have to deal with the general public. Great. <laughs> I, I am too. For the, for the most part, I'm more of a homebody, even though I mean, since coming down here, I've been spending more time outdoors, going on a lot of walks and trying to be more active, you know, for, you know, my physical and my mental health. And I feel like I've benefited a lot from that. And, and with the job that I'm working now, having that, you know, the social interactions that are required of the job, I feel like has helped me a lot because I, I struggle a lot with okay. socializing with people, even like as far back as, you know, like elementary, well, not as much in elementary school, more middle school onward, school. Than that, you know, where I really struggled with socializing. And, you know, I guess also like you know, during those are, you know, the formative years where, you know, you're finding yourself and all that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, obviously that played a big factor in it as well. But absolutely. Yeah. High school was a little different for me. Um, middle school is really where I got the brunt of it a little bit of freshman year. But that was for different reasons. High school, believe it or not, um, the clicks and all of that really dissipated a lot and my class was very good about that my class and specifically was very good we really did like band together and stuff so I, I was very lucky that at least by the time high school hit not that it made anything go away you know but it did make things a little easier to deal with and um like I said I, I wasn't like this in the beginning but once I kind of got my bearings at my old job um I did end up becoming kind of a, a social butterfly. If you had to put me in front of people to give a speech, forget it. Like, I, it's awful. It's like the worst thing ever. Yeah. 
yeah, I'm not very good at like public speaking or speaking in front of people. Yeah. Like even though in high school I had a speech class that I did kind mm -hmm. of struggle with, although one one speech that I did give because it was like a week where we had to do talk about like certain like Oscar you know nominated celebrities because it was Academy Award week that nice. that week. And I had a my my choice was Jack Nicholson, so I had a lot of fun giving that speech. Oh yeah. In that class. And then even when I was you know in my uh, when I was taking classes for the medical assisting, where I had to do also like you know like college math and college English and things like that. And I kind of struggled with doing the public speaking part for the, in the English class. Mm -hmm. But what kind of I guess turned the tide for me in that class is that we one of the um, I guess assignments was we had we had to do a compare and contrast essay. Mm -hmm. And it can be any subject that we wanted. And the subject oh, nice. I chose, the subject I chose, was comparing the original Star Wars trilogy to the prequel trilogy. Nice. And I got an A on that essay, so that oh, really great. made me feel a lot better. You know, and even and even my teacher, she like wrote on like on the cover page of it, saying you know that said, said something about like that I'm I'm a natural leader and other things like that. And you must be like, um, what? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So and. I, I, I don't know if I still have it, but I, I think I like I posted her the, the quote as a Facebook status, and I always nice. go back to that almost every year. And it's like the, but her words like really like resonated with me, and I've tried to keep that with me and try to apply that in other stuff in that I've done yeah. with, in my life since then. I don't know if I done a good job of it, but just you know, and she knows, you know, because I still you know talk to her every now and then how much those how those words really meant to me yeah. so support support you know yeah. i i had a mentor my history teacher my freshman year he was my mentor all through high school and even after high school i would still go and visit him or we would still email each other back and forth i haven't emailed him in quite some time i need to do that but you know he was always a, a big supporter as well he helped me a lot you know there were many, many, many times unfortunately where i discussed wanting to commit suicide in high school and he would always kind of you know, bring me back and stuff like that. So, you know, it is so important to have that support. That is such a big word for us. Yeah. Yeah, and it's been having the communication to mm -hmm. be able to express ourselves, you know, in a way that, I don't know, if, like maybe trying not to overwhelm others because that's always something that I yeah. try to have in the back of my head that I don't want to overwhelm anyone or right. feel overwhelmed by what why expressing myself and whatever I'm feeling in that moment, you know, but just having that outlet of, you know, being able to say what you're feeling and what you're thinking can, oh, yeah. can make a big difference. And sometimes, and even if the person doesn't give any advice and they're just there to listen and take everything in, sometimes that's all that's needed. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's true. actually also because I've been reading a Matthew McConaughey's book and there was something in there mm -hmm. um, that he went to speak with, I think it was like a, a priest or, or something. And he was, like pouring his heart out, his heart out to him, and then at the end of it, the priest just kind of like went, leaned over and like whispered into his ear, said something like "Me too," and that that was all he needed to hear. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, I think, and I, I think one of the biggest problems that we have as people that suffer, especially just being on that cusp of you know, of the generation that's now speaking a little bit more about it, you know. I don't know how your parents, I mean, mine are a little bit more old school, you know, don't talk about it in public and this and this and that, you know, people are going to judge right. you, people are going to take advantage of you. And I understand that they're my parents. They want to protect me. I totally get it. But the problem is, and I'm not saying pour your heart out every single day, all day. Hey, Tim, to everybody and their mother on the street. I'm not saying to do that either. 
but there is nothing worse than bottling up. And that was always my biggest problem was bottling up. So if it, that's why I say that therapy is so important, but we also need to have that empathy because I don't want to get political because I hate politics, but like right now, look, it's, it's not easy for people to get, you know, the healthcare that they need to be able to go to therapy, to be able to get the medication that they may need. Right. So what does that leave you with? Your friends and family. And if they don't want to listen to you, what choice does that give you then but to bottle it all up inside and to the point where you explode? And that's that's not good. That's why I want to break this stigma, you know? I talk to a lot of my friends now that I've met through the network that they would never have believed that I suffered because I put up such a good front. But there are times where I do struggle with wanting to get out of bed. It sucks. Uh, people really don't know what that feels like and i used to think of myself as a very weak person and i have turned that around and try to look for the silver lining in things now and i say you know what you're not weak because you're still here you still wake up every day you do what you got to do and you're dealing with twice as much as the average person so if anything we're stronger than the average person because of what we have to deal with on a daily basis you know and, you know, one of the things that we were talking about also in the green room is, you know, like I just said, a lot of us hide it. You would never think it. I am 100% in love with Conan O'Brien. He's with me everywhere, okay? I absolutely love him. I've loved him since I was 16 years old. He's always made me laugh. He's a big dork. He's a big nerd. He doesn't, he did whatever he wanted to do on his show. He didn't give a shit. It took me listening to his podcast in 2019 for me to find out that he himself suffers from anxiety and depression. And I had no idea. I thought this guy had it all together. And to find out that behind closed doors, he actually doesn't. And he's a huge advocate for it. I mean, he talks about betterhealth.com all the time on his show. He has a, you know, a, a discount code and everything. And it, I really appreciate it because a lot of us, do look up to certain celebrities, whether it's actors, um, you know, football players, you know, whatever the case may be. So to hear these people that we idolize talking about these things, you know what? It makes me feel better. It makes me feel like, you know what? I am not alone. And that's another thing. I always, I always used to feel very alone and that I was the only one suffering and that there was no one that could relate to me. Yeah, I... I, I... I think like over the last few years started to see a lot more celebrities become more outspoken about you know struggles that they've had with mental health mental illness like demi lovato has been one that i've seen very yeah. vocal and outspoken about it and even zachary levi has I yes, think when, when just the, recently yeah and he's been very vocal about that as well and he i even you know tried to actually reach out to him on twitter to see if he'd be open to discussing something but I think his DMs are closed. Oh, I know. I wish. I wish you, we could talk to people like that. You yeah. know, because they're they are such an influence. Bill Hader. Bill Hader is another celebrity that I absolutely yeah. love. And there was an article that had come out a couple of years ago that he suffered from major anxiety and panic attacks during his time on SNL. And I, again, you see these guys performing on TV and in, in movies, and you don't think anything of it, but realize god they have their own demons behind closed doors yeah 
And another one that they have, because I've actually like read her book a couple of times, uh, AJ Mendez, AJ Lee, anyone who's a wrestling fan would know who she is. That she, um, in her book, it's a, it's titled Crazy is My Superpower. And mm-hmm. she, 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 she called it that because uh, she, her and her mother, they were diagnosed with, um, with bipolar disorder. Oh, so, and, I do like that. Though. And she's like very open about, you know, her journey to when she found out that that's what she had and that, wow, how her mother found out that's what she had and wow. really details how, how much of a struggle and how difficult it was for her and her whole family to, you know, have a better understanding of it because like her she said like that her father was especially like very like old school tradition like oh you know you know we don't talk about that you know you're not crazy yep. blah, blah blah and other things like that yep. which i mean my father was kind of the same way too um my mother was more understanding of it even though she still struggled with you know when i was diagnosed trying to understand how how it was for me yeah. but she was more understanding about it than he was and but yeah she's very open about that and she's um, done a lot of like public speaking and other things uh, yeah. related to mental health because she's trying to you know help you know break the stigma and bring more awareness to it as well and so yeah. she was another one that i was hoping that i'd be able to reach out to but yeah you know no no luck yet yeah, <laughs> yeah. well it is what it is unfortunately you know but uh... oh another person in the chat room hello hey phil um yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I get it. You know, there there are different generations, unfortunately, that you know they they don't want to admit to it. They don't want to acknowledge it. It's you know the, uh, the suck it up, you know, kind of yeah. mentality. And I understand that. I, I get it. You know, it's it's an older way of thinking. You don't. You don't talk about any illness at all. I mean, my grandfathers both suffered. You know, may they rest in peace. Both of them, they both suffered from diabetes, but they would never really talk about it. If they had to take a shot of insulin, they would try and do it out of the eyesight of me and my sister. And it's just a very, very, very old school mentality. And my parents are very modern for some things. And they're a little old school for other things. So like I said, you know, they don't, like they, <laughs> they would probably be like, aghast that I am talking about this on a live stream, but it's like, there, it's no big deal. You know, if I, if I look at it, like it's a big deal, then it'll always be a big deal. And I'm not saying it's not a big deal, but I'll never get over it. If I constantly think it's this huge thing in my way. And that's why I said earlier, you know, this is just a small portion of me that I got to deal with. But at the end of the day, I enjoy all the same things that the general public loves as well so yeah please we we're we're not crazy you know am i a little damaged yeah i'll say that <laughs> but you know listen you, to some extent you almost you almost do have to somewhat make light of it and you know look it, it you know I, I i got out of my own way i was trying to start my own podcast until i met the scare of scuttlebutt podcast during the pandemic i had given up on it because I was like, oh, how am I going to talk by myself for an hour? How am I going to do this without somebody to bounce off of? And I kind of set it aside and I had the microphone and everything. And then finally I found the Scarab Scuttlebutt podcast on Twitter of all places. And 
it led to these wonderful friendships that I wish I would have had my whole life. I mean, that's another thing. I can tell you right now, born and raised in Miami, never left. I don't really have friends down here at, at all because no one would just, no one could under really understand me. Now I've met all these wonderful people. They're nerds just like me. We love all the same stuff. And even if we disagree, we're civil about it. But it's nice having this safe space. They don't, well, they care, but they don't judge me because I have mental illness. Oh, that's, that's really nice to have. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've met a lot of good people along the way, too, uh, specifically from a um, are you familiar with the the Snyder Cut fandom and community? Yes, I am. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, because I've you know I've you know I'm not as involved as I as I was in the beginning of it, but I've met a lot of good people along the way being part of it, and mm-hmm. you know a few of them that I've you know that they actually live not too far from me right now that I haven't met them yet, but you know because they have their their lives and their things that they're they're you know dealing with, but that I've through this and the campaigning for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention as part of the community. I've met a lot of really, really nice people that I've been able to, you know, confide in and share my experiences with as well. And a few of them actually had on when I did the live streams last year that, you know, they shared their stuff with mental health and their struggles and now, you know, what they do to kind of like, I guess, cope or maintain and or handle Mm-hmm. You know, their their diagnosis uh, or diagnoses rather, and just you know having that having that community that's you know very, I guess like it like an extended family makes yeah. a big difference. Yeah, you know, absolutely, and, and it helps a lot. So, yeah. and then if any of them are watching, you know, we'd love to have you on again. <laughs> and that's another thing. Um, I am not um, because I've never looked into it, so I'm not sure. Maybe you might know this, but. I know that there are obviously suicide prevention hotlines, you know, and things of that nature, but in the same way, like there's Alcoholics Anonymous, are there support groups where people can actually come together and talk about their depression and anxiety? So at least you're meeting other people who are suffering the same and you can get it all. Like, I wish I had the money to develop a center like that. Cause like we just said, you know, not everyone can afford a therapist. Not everybody is lucky enough to have a job that's got great insurance and that they can get the meds and the therapy that they need. And I wish there was some sort of a support group like that where people can meet face to face, not not just, you know, a support group on Twitter or Instagram. I'm talking about like an actual like a physical, know. you know, yeah. support group that you can go to and socialize yeah. with these people. Yeah, I mean, other than you know, like like group therapy scenarios, I'm I'm yeah. not aware of anything like that. Okay. Um, at the moment, at least. Do that sometimes. Uh, maybe that's something you and I can try to work on. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we're not too far from each other. Maybe about no, that's maybe true. three and a half hours. So. Yeah. You know, yeah, find you know a time and place to you know hopefully organize something like that because you know because I, I know especially since I've moved out here. I've, you know, become a lot more aware of people that live here that do struggle with a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah, too. I'm so, sure. I'm sure. You know, there's a there's a community out there that could use that kind of help. Definitely. So. I have a question for you, actually, that just popped into my head because okay. I know I have them. Do you have any coping mechanisms? 
um, like coping, like as in like what you like mean if you if you're feeling down one day, or maybe you are having a panic panic attack of some kind, you know, or you're you're just in an extra funk than normal, you know, is there anything that you do to kind of calm your nerves or or anything like that, you know? I know I have my own. And... Um, well, I mean, I do, but it also depends on like where I am in the moment. Like if I'm at work, mm-hmm. kind of, it's kind of a little harder for me to, you know, find that outlet to try to, you know, I guess bring myself back down. Yeah. Um, but like if I'm at home, sometimes just um, like maybe reading a book or listening to some music or a podcast or sometimes playing a game, you know, helps me. Um, but then it also sometimes like if I'm playing a game, it depends on the kind of game that I'm playing. Yeah. Certain games that when I get so caught up in it, my anxiety can I know. get a little overwhelming too. I know exactly um, what you mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, because I, I definitely have my go-to's. I, I I love to write. I have notebooks like everywhere that I I love to write random thoughts. Um, one of the guys in, in the network that I'm a part of was lovely enough to. Uh, gift me an xbox that he was no longer using because he had upgraded and i've been gaming like almost all day while doing laundry and sometimes you just for some reason that just helps me to unplug i even have the little mini sega and when i feel like i can't absorb anything else like movies or music which are normally my go-tos but if i'm really like extra down and i can't even absorb that which means i'm really down if i can't absorb music and movies and I pull out the Sega and I start playing Columns, which is kind of like Tetris, mm. because it it just puts me in a zone and I'm not thinking about anything and I'm so focused on the game. And so yeah, I was just wondering because I think that that is also a, something that people should find. You know, find your own coping mechanisms so that when you are quote unquote triggered in that way, you have something to help pull you back out. Like at work. Like you said, it was a little bit more difficult. I used to count backwards from 10 and I had a little bottle of lavender essential oil that I would unscrew the top and I would just sniff it and it would kind of, you know, calm me down. So, you know, I just kind of wanted to put that out there, you know, find your coping mechanisms. They do help. Hmm. I might try something like try that. that. Try that. Try that. Lavender is supposed to help. Yeah. 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 Cause some, yeah, sometimes certain scents, you know, can really be very calming. So it makes me feel like I'm in a spa. It smells like a spa. So I just, God, it just calms me down. Yeah. And same thing. I have like certain shows and movies that I specifically put on when I'm feeling down. Yeah. So. Uh, like, like which shows are movies, if you don't mind me asking. Oh, uh, well, especially right now, I've been on such a kick. Because I just I'm in absolutely in love with the show, and I just think it's so funny. Um, Parks and Rec. I love mm. Parks and Rec. It makes me laugh. It's a very sweet, funny show, and um, it always just kind of mellows me out because it's one of those things of man, I wish these quirky people, you know, really existed, and that I could be part of this little small town of Pawnee and. I usually resort to Disney movies. When I'm feeling down, I'm a big Disney nerd. Um, I was born and raised on it. so Me too. So. Yeah, so one of my go-tos is, believe it or not, um, the movie Pollyanna with Haley Mills. Um, I love that movie. And again, it's just one of those very sweet, innocent type of movies. And it just kind of just lifts me up. 
you know, I, I, so I, I try to, or comedy. I'm very, very big on comedy. And I think that seems to be very common with people who suffer. I mean, most comedians, stand-up comics are yeah. a damaged mess. <laughs> Their past is like the worst and they use comedy to deflect. And, you know, that's why I try to be as, I don't know if I am or not. And everyone tells me I am. I don't believe anybody, but you know, that's why I try to crack jokes all the time, you know, on the streams and the podcast and stuff, because I know what it's like to feel down. I know what it's like to feel depressed or sad. And I personally wouldn't want anyone to feel the way that I feel. So I understand why comedians exist. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I don't want anyone to feel this way at all. It sucks. Yeah, it, it really sucks. <laughs> it sucks. Uh, I, 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 don't, I actually don't know if I've ever seen Pollyanna before. Oh, it's really cute. It's it's a very cute movie. It's very sweet. That one's on Disney+. Plus. Another one that I love is called Summer Magic, also Haley Mills, but they just ripped it off of Disney+. Plus. Uh, but I have it on DVD, but still, the convenience of it being able to stream, I just... It's a good one for me. <laughs> yeah, I... I so yeah, if I'm if I'm watching a sh or wanting to watch a show that's gonna help me with that, usually I I will go to something that's on Disney Plus. So, yeah, just yeah. like the one the one I usually go to is actually because it is my favorite show from since I was a kid. Uh, Boy Meets World. I, oh, I, I, got, I got that too a lot too. I just rewatched that last month. I hadn't seen Boy Meets World in forever. I uh, we're the same age, so we're of that TGIF generation yeah. and i also did a rewatch of full house when it hit hbo max because i just love the nostalgia yeah uh, and it's because yeah, when disney plus first launched and i was going to check it out for the mandalorian because you know it's star mm -hmm. wars left star wars but then when i saw that boy meets world was on there it's like okay i'm sticking with it and then and i think i've rewatched the whole series at least four times since then oh. <laughs> Oh, during the pandemic, I must have rewatched Parks and Rec like from beginning to end like four or five times. So I, I, I totally and completely understand. <laughs> and I'm also a big musical person. So, you know, anything of the 90s Renaissance Disney period, you know, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Pocahontas, like those are some other ones that, oh, yeah, those, that really are... bring me up. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those, those are the ones that usually do it for me as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, certain ones, like depending on, like certain scenes might hit me a little bit. Like, like anytime I rewatch the original Lion King, when it gets, I was just to gonna the, say, yeah, when it gets to, you know, the gore. If you notice, I did not uh, say the Lion King because yeah. of that. That one just, yeah. It, yeah, that one defeats the purpose of <laughs> what I'm trying to do. It would just make me cry too much. Mm, yeah, I mean, that that's another thing. Sometimes yeah. you need that release. Yeah, sometimes, yeah, sometimes it is good to have. Just a really good cry. cry. Just mm -hmm. let it all out, and sometimes, sometimes that's all somebody needs. Also, like yeah, sometimes I mean, just it's true. getting it all out, you know, and whatever outlet that you need in the moment can yeah. be very helpful. And I have read that crying is—I've read this—that crying is a form of your body cleansing itself and purifying itself. So mm. I'm not saying be a blubbering mess every single day, all day, but there is no shame in crying. And again, that goes back to, you know, the bottling up thing. I used to do the same thing and it would fester and fester to the point that then I'd be crying for an hour as opposed to had I just let it out 
at that moment and maybe cried for about 10 minutes and moved on. No, then it would be this thing of now I'm crying for an hour, hour and a half, and it's taking me forever to level back out. So it really boils down to please stop feeling that shame. You know, don't be right. shameful. It is what it is. It is unfortunate that you suffer. Believe me, I, I wish I didn't suffer. I wish I wasn't you know, born this way. But you know what? It is what it is. I'm here. You got to live life because there are a lot of joys in life and things that I want to enjoy. And it's not going to help if I just sit in a corner and cry all day. So don't right. be ashamed, you know? Yeah. yeah. There's, there's no shame in, in showing your emotions. There no. isn't. There really, really yeah. isn't. Yeah. We're, we're all human beings. We all, we all suffer in a lot of the same ways because some of us might be more vocal about it than others and others might be more i guess might show it off more than others yeah. you know yeah there's there's no shame in it no one should ever be ashamed for feeling what they feel and another thing um i wanted to commend you by the way i saw a picture recently that you had posted on twitter i believe or instagram of your of your physical change oh my god there is a connection of the mind and the body. And it is true. When you start exercising, it, I know it's a pain in the ass. I personally yeah. have always struggled with trying to exercise. I'm about to get back on it on Monday. But when I have spent a couple of months getting into a groove of exercising, it's true. It really does help not only release in a way, but it does help improve your mind. Like I did feel more energetic. I did feel a lot of ha a lot happier because it does help with the serotonin in the brain. So, you know, I know a lot of people don't want to hear it that suffer like us, but it's true. Unfortunately, exercising does help a lot. I mean, the it mind does. and the body are very closely connected, yeah. very closely connected. Yeah. Even if it's something as simple as just going on a 30 minute walk every day. That's it. Yeah. That's yeah. it. You, you don't like, need to be a gym rat. Yeah, like like what actually one YouTuber that I that I watch that's uh, obese to beast. That he's mm -hmm. he's a, he's a big proponent of going to walk. It's the, mo the easiest and most underrated and underappreciated exercise anyone can do. It's true. It's really true. It's really true. I mean, I have read so many articles that say all you really do need are those thirty minutes to just get your heart pumping, and that's it. So I'm not knocking anybody. You do you. I'm never going to tell anybody to do something or not do something. But in my personal opinion, the people who spend two, three hours at the gym, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, there's really no need for that. <laughs> you know, like, that's just obsessive to me, you know. But, hey, I mean, if it brings you happiness, I say, you know, go for it. But yeah. 30 minutes is really all I need. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm, I'm, plus, you know, like, I, since I walk to and from work most days at least, you know, getting that, you know, 20, 30 minutes in every day going to work. Sometimes it's just really all that I need. And although with how much hotter it's been getting, I'm, oh you know, yeah, I've been trying to be a little smarter about that and making sure that I have a bottle of water with me every time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm dreading working out already on Monday because it's hot as hell in Miami. And if forget even hot, the humidity is unbearable. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, mean, he's yeah. The worst. Yeah, I was on a, I went on a walk earlier in the afternoon and I uh, was, you know, went out there in a tank top and my shoulders are sunburnt from being out there. <laughs> how, how bad it was. Yes. It's horrible. It's horrible. But you know what? It's good for us. Um, that's another thing. You're getting that natural vitamin D. I mean, people I think do sometimes forget like 
you know, this is a very, this is very much a medical issue. It is an imbalance of serotonin in the brain for most people. It is literally a chemical imbalance in your body. And I was told all the time, you need to spend at least 10 minutes a day out in the sun. And I can tell, I can tell when my vitamin D levels are low. I definitely can tell because, and I've been suffering, you know, for, for a couple of months because you know, I was unemployed. I didn't have any insurance. I was literally scared to walk outside the door, do any kind of exercise because I said, the moment I walk out the door, I'll trip or something and I'll break my jaw and I have no insurance. And I ended up having to get vitamin D pills because I could tell that my levels were low. You know, I was feeling fatigued. I brain fog. I utterly depressed. I sleeping a lot. So that's why I say the mind and body very much work together. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've always said something similar to that. The body affects the mind and the mind affects the body. body. Yeah. It's very true. You know, I'm sure not to get super personal, but I'm sure a lot of people who suffer from anxiety, I know I do have stomach issues. Yeah. And that's why, because the stomach essentially has its its own brain and you know when when this is out of you know out of control it triggers the stomach as well to be out of control and you know it's it sucks it really sucks yeah it does and and i don't know if that was a big contributing factor in you know the weight that i had gained for up until i started losing the weight but i I'm, I'm sure it at least had something to do with it and yeah, um, and with the way that I have lost in the last two years, it has done a lot for my mental and my physical health, but more so from at least I feel for my mental health because because I'd always even though I, I do take full responsibility for the weight that I did gain and being the size that I was because I was at my heaviest I was two seventy now I'm about one ninety, and and I know the yeah, a lot of that was my own doing because I was a very lazy person and just ate a lot of junk food a lot as well but since i've come down here i'm i'm more physically active and eating a lot better and i've I mean not completely cut out eat drinking soda but i drink maybe 99 percent of the time i drink water and i drink the occasional soda you know like every now and then but even then i drink it's zero sugar sodas because because oh. you know, the, the sugar is really really what, what gets you I can't even do that. I can't even do that. I fell off the wagon so badly at the beginning of this year. I mean, I really did like balloon up. I mean, even my parents were like, oh my God, we've never seen you like this before. They're like, you have a stomach now. You know, unfortunately, the things have been so awful. My rent went way through the roof. So I actually had to move back in with my parents um, like uh, back in May. And they told me, they're like, we're going to get you back on track because my parents, you know, have been eating really healthy. So a lot of chicken, literally chicken every day, except for Fridays where we have pizza for dinner, brown rice, vegetables, water. There's Mm -hmm. absolutely zero soda in this house because unfortunately I have an obsessive personality. So I can't even do like the zero because then I'll I'll drink three cans of that in a day. You know what I mean? So I really cannot have soda at all so i literally just i've been drinking water like a crazy person and now just within two months almost of being here i look at my stomach and it's like i i can't i can't believe it i I really can't and i do i i feel so much better and that's another thing 
I know people are probably not going to want to hear this, but yeah, what you eat makes a big difference. What you drink makes a big difference. I am not much of a drinker. I, first of all, I'm not huge on the taste of alcohol, but my other reasoning is I'm not going to drink something that is known to be a depressant. I'm already a depressed person. Why am I going to drink a beverage that is going to put me even more into a funk? You know what I mean? So I know, you know, some are going to hate hearing that, but seriously, if, if you're drinking alcohol, try to scale back or not drink it at all because it really will do you no good if you if you suffer like this. I mean, it, there is a reason why they tell – there is a reason why they say there's a correlation with people who suffer and end up getting into drugs and alcohol. It's a temporary solution. It might make you feel better for all of 10 minutes, but when you're coming down from that high – your problems are still there. You're still going to have to deal with that stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's not a cure. It's not a cure. I have a drink like four times a year. <laughs> I, I really don't yeah. drink. Yeah, I don't drink either. I think, I mean, I tried it many years ago and just wasn't for me. And the last time that I ever willingly took a drink mm-hmm. was actually a uh, that it was um when we were my brothers and I we were in New York for my father's funeral ten years mm-hmm. ago, yeah. and then all of us just you know did, did that, shots. I can understand. We all just did shots for him. And so. I can understand. And believe me, I'm not knocking drinking. You know, I, I mean, know. if you yeah, like I, to have the occasional drink, you know, I, I understand. Believe it does help you get a little bit loose and this and that. But um, at the end of the day, for someone like me, it's it's not going to be a good thing if if I start to pound it. You know, so. Well, we're approaching almost an hour, and I know you have uh, your yes. other show that you got to do in a little bit too. So, because I don't know, I don't host enough things. But this was wonderful. Thank you so much, Julian, and it definitely was a pleasure meeting you. Oh, my pleasure, and meeting you as well, and being able to have this conversation. And I hope we can have more of these in the future. Me too. Me too. All right. And um, so, anyone that's uh, still watching them. Thank you for watching and checking this out and hopefully something we've said might have resonated with you might be able to help you or someone that you know that's struggling um and yeah i hope i can do more of these in the future and uh and uh where can they uh, find you uh, on your um so i currently have um two different accounts going on both twitter and instagram um you can find me on my personal at selena kyle 29 on both of those platforms and um, I also just premiered my own stream called Scarif After Dark. You got to watch it to understand what it's all about. It just premiered last Saturday. And you can also find me on there if you want to submit suggestions or if you'd like to be a guest. Um, it is a mature <laughs> audience stream. I'm trying to show the sexy side of nerds because I you know, I want to get away. Another stigma I want to get away from is that, you know, there were all these uh, poindexters with pocket protectors. We're so much more than that. Um, But you can find me also at Scarif After Dark on both Instagram and Twitter. And I am part of what's called the Red 5 Network. We are a network of like 38, 39 podcasts and streams. We've got something for everybody. And you can find that also on Twitter um, and Instagram. Right. And uh, and I am Julian. You can find me on Twitter right there. I am Fositude. It's my main social media that I use. Uh, but you can also find me on everything else. At, simply, it's just at Fositude everywhere else. And um, yeah, thank you all so much for tuning in. See you next time.